Hi there. Welcome to Shrink Chat. This is the companion show to our podcast, Terror Talk. My name is Shannon, and I'm joined each week by my friend, Kathy. On this show, we talk about psychology and true crime and TV and movies and whatever else comes up. It's a bit looser. So hang out and welcome to Shrink Chat. Hi, everybody. This is Shrink Chat with Shannon and Kathy. It's most certainly is. Yeah, it's been a bit of a day. Okay, so the first... Oh, oh and then she just tried to kill her mic because she's mean. Okay, it. so <laughs> I wanted to mention just really quickly as an <laughs> opener, don't fuck with your mic right now. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Okay, um... I wanted to mention real quick, uh, this is April 16th uh, when this is coming out, and Joe Bob's season three on Shudder is starting tonight. So Excellent. We watch along on the Discord, so that's a super lot of fun. And um, for those of you who don't know, Joe Bob is a horror host uh, of The Last Drive-In on Shudder, and it's live on Friday nights this time of the year, and there's usually like, you know, six, eight, ten episodes, and it starts tonight. And what it is is you don't really know the movies. You don't, you definitely don't know the movies until he announces them as part of the live show. So it's two movies back-to-back. He provides commentary uh, with Darcy, who is also one of the hosts. He's, she's a co-host, and it's a lot of fun. So check it out, because we talk about the movies on here. I certainly watch them all, so... That's cool. And I like to support Shudder because it's really their only horror streaming. I mean, they've been bought by Prime, but whatever. Um, Amazon, I mean. So this next... Oh, one thing I did want to mention as well is that we've been doing a watch along of Clarice this season, the TV show Clarice. And we are going to watch more episodes. I think we'll probably have three, four, five episodes by the time the... um, April 30th episode of Shrink Chat is happening and then we'll get caught up. We will have watched four or five more episodes. And so on April 30th, we'll do kind of a recap of a bunch of them. I got kind of sick of just doing one episode at a time talking about it because it really wasn't much to say. Not much happens. There's not Although much happens. Although these next two episodes. There you go. Shit happens. So there's a, it's a procedural, but I'm, I'm thinking they're getting to like sort of maybe the middle of the season. So shit needs to start happening. So I'm looking forward to that discussion when I've got, you know, five episodes to talk about or whatever. So we'll do that on April 30th. Um, and then next is a little segment we like to call. Yeah. <clears throat> She's a, a rock star today. I don't know where that came from. I don't, it, like, your gut just came up out of your gut. It's like a reflex. Yeah, and I really wish you were on video because <laughs> it's really hilarious, but oh well, podcasting. Number one. The film's writer, who also starred in the film, found inspiration for the movie in his family's history. You want to guess it? Just nope. kidding. Number two. You're hilarious. Almost none of the scenes were scripted. Most had at least one ad lib. Okay. Number three. This is Columbia Pictures' highest grossing film of all time when adjusted for inflation. (laughs) Okay. Just tells you that's older. I know. The lead actress had done a lot of serious roles before this horror comedy. She actually attended Yale Drama School. The last one will give it away. Not to me. Pepper probably already knows it. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
When test audiences saw the library ghost, they screamed and laughed at the same time. <laughs> I don't know. What? Tell me. Ghostbusters. Oh, great. Oh, I love that movie. It's a great one. They well, also, they also yeah. called Slimer the ghost of John Belushi. Oh, no. Or really? Jim Belushi. Who's the one who died? John. John. Yeah, John Belushi. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I just love that movie. I haven't watched it in a while, actually. Yeah, that's a good one. Maybe maybe it'll be a Halloween watch this year. Yeah. You know how you kind of have wow, to. Wow, you just lost your whole. Uh, you have to kind of like <laughs> pick and choose your Halloween films these days. There's so many good ones. And I. That's I, a good classic one, though. Yeah. And I did. I do watch a ton. And I have, you know, we both and I'm sure most of our listeners have like regular ones we li- we watch every year but i've really culled that list to maybe like three or four mm-hmm. that i have to watch every year and the rest of them mm-hmm. it's like it depends mm-hmm. you know so that would be a good one for this year cool thank you very much for humiliating me that's excellent you're very welcome okay it's a big part of our show i know so i there was a news item i wanted to mention um so on our discord we do we have a book club and a little bit later at the end of the show, we'll be talking about how we just had our voice chat discussion with our patrons who were reading the, the um, book Horror Store by Grady Hendrix. And so we'll be talking about that a little bit later. But on topic, I wanted to mention that, you know, this author has a lot of horror books and they incorporate comedy as well. So if you like that sort of thing, it's usually like funny, funny, funny straight horror for the rest of the book. Like it just like drops into that. Um, and I'm now reading another of his books, uh, my best friend's exorcism. And I wanted to mention on that is that my best friend's exorcism is getting a movie adaptation with Elsie Fisher. Mm. So this was, uh, his, uh, Grady's second novel back in 2016, which he describes as beach meets the exorcist. How funny. <laughs> Beach? Oh, with beaches. The, sorry, oh, beaches. Oh meets God, the Exorcist. <laughs> okay, which I I've only read two chapters of, but I could I could see that. Um, set in the late te- in the late eighties, during the so called Satanic Panic, it's a touching story of a high school friendship and well demonic possession. The movie, Elsie <laughs> Fisher, uh, from eighth grade. The movie Eighth Grade will start alongside Amaya Miller. Kathy Ang and Rachel Ogechi Kanu. Um, production is already underway. And the guy who, there's a guy that directed for Penny Dreadful named uh, Damon Thomas, who's directing it. Um, I guess Fisher stars in the second uh, season of Hulu's now canceled series Castle Rock. I'm not really familiar with her, but I did watch the first season of that. So that's cool. Um, I don't know. I'm, I, I, I'll tell you more when I finish the book, but anyway, they're already, cool. you know, it's already, they're already doing it. So that'll be fun. Um, I, they were supposed to make a movie of horror store, which we just read. Yeah. Uh, but I guess it was supposed to be a TV series and then the rights got switched over. And, um, uh, our patron ice told us that like, now it's going to be a movie again. Like it just transferred the rights. You know, these production properties, that's why it, it takes 20 years to get things made is because people buy it out from each other. You know, a star will get attached and then drop out. And then 
you know, they'll get yeah. the money for it and then the money will go. And that's why sometimes projects take years and years and years. So that's, this is one of those. Okay. Anyway. You, I always like to see where, you know, especially books that were written a little bit before, like not super old, but you know, a couple of years old and then they turn them into films. It's interesting to see what they do with them. And, um, I liked horror store. We'll talk about it in a, yeah. in a bit, but like I was saying in the discussion, I would be open to reading more of his stuff. It was clever. So, yeah. okay. Cool. Uh, I have, <laughs> This might be a little bit old, older news now because I know we, we release these delayed, but I, I just want to start. I always bring the cynic to the show. Um, shocker. I can't stand Elon Musk. I just cannot stand the man <laughs> at all. Have you seen his six-hour interview I, with Joe Rogan? No, and I don't ever, I won't ever. I, know. I wish he would just go to Mars with wherever he thinks he's going. So here's the new narcissistic claim from Elon Musk, and I thought I'd bring, this is more sci-fi, but... Uh, I just, and, and I have to, I'll quote this guy who ended up tweeting a response to this t original tweet that I have in front of me now is actually the New York Post. Elon Musk um, has the, te oh, stop, my computer keeps moving, sorry. Um, Elon Musk's firm, Neuralink, has the tech to build a real Jurassic Park, co-founder says. So my first response to the tweet was, did we not learn what happened to the first Jurassic Park? So there's that. Um, the article starts off with, hold on to your butts. The co-founder of Elon Musk's firm, Neuralink, says they have the technology to build a real-life version of Jurassic Park. So it was funny, this guy responded back, uh, one, no, you don't. <laughs> And two, please put your money towards something else, like, you know, helping people come out of poverty. But he... World peace This or whole article... I mean, I I think if it was anyone else, I'd probably be like, this is so cool. But it's something about him. him. And, like yeah, him. and he says, we could probably build Jurassic Park if we wanted to. Max Hodak <laughs> tweeted Saturday, wouldn't be genetically authentic dinosaurs, but, shrugging emoji, maybe 15 years of breeding and engineering to get super exotic novel species. <laughs> so they go into talking about how the neurotechnology company might be able to revive the long extinct prehistoric beasts. But he later championed the idea, claiming it could increase biodiversity oh shut up right biodiversity <laughs> anti-fragility is definitely <laughs> valuable he tweeted but why do we stop there oh no because you never fucking stop there like your cars that are supposed to self-drive that have exploded and gotten to their own accidents why don't we more intentionally try to generate novel diversity so here is a guy that created a self-driving car that there have been so many accidents imagine a t-rex I don't, I can't. Uh, I can't. I, I, I can't. Can I, I'd like to. Yeah, can you want to chime in on this? I'd like to age out before all that happens. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first thought. Like, I, I appreciate not being immortal when these things kind of come up. Like, I just, I have seen bits and pieces of his interviews and stuff. I do not find myself able to tolerate more than, because I like to see cultural, you know, just like, the cultural of phenomena of, of it like oh let me see what it's like so that i can comment on it but like <laughs> yeah i don't have a ton of tolerance but i get that uh, i don't know I, it's really hard because huge narcissistic like innovators who are rigidly like passionate about whatever they're like we get a lot of innovation and a lot of um we get a lot from that kind of personality, but uh, I just can't like the Steve jobs or the, I, you know, like, I know like it's so hard because you just go, but I can't, I have to titrate my exposure. Right. 
Right. And like, I don't want to be in the same and that, room with them. That's what I'm saying. Like if this was Spielberg working with Universal yeah. Studios, I'd be like, ooh, but the yes. fact that he's like, and I know this is not him saying it, although it is being channeled through Max Hodak. It's like, <laughs> sure. we could probably build Jurassic Park if we wanted to. Like that <laughs> statement alone that, is just, it's so adolescent. Like if we wanted to, we could, you know? And, the, I, well, and that's it, like, I could quit using heroin if I yeah, really wanted to. If I wanted to. But I'm controlling and I'm going to deny We're going to make you guys wait for it. I'm going to deny you Jurassic Park right now. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Let me guess, your T-Rex is going to be fucking solar-powered, too? Well, when you said biodiversity, I'm like, are they going to breed us with the dinosaurs? Mm -hmm. Like, how does that even work? Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah, I would like to age out before all that. (sighs) Okay. We did a a couple buddy watches, but we did a buddy watch for this uh, episode called Zombie for Sale, which is widely available on your Shudder streaming service. Uh, It's a 2019 movie. It's a comedy horror. It's just under two hours long. It's Korean. So there's subtitles. When a pharmaceutical company's illegal experiments inadvertently create a zombie... The strange Park family, that's their last name, finds it and tries to profit from it. So on our Discord, we watch uh, Shudder movies that I have uh, read about and programmed every Thursday night. We do a double feature and we watch with patrons. And this was one of the things. I loved this movie. Kathy fell in love with this movie, which is super exciting because I love Korean horror. I have not laughed this hard at a movie (laughs) in a long time. Oh, that's so cool. Hilarious. I imagine you like in your living room or something watching it and or in your bedroom, whatever, and just like laughing all by yourself. That's exactly what was happening. That's As awesome. I was typing to you all, mm-hmm. this is so ridiculous. Like this, I'm, I said at one point, I'm sorry. This is this is too funny. And Rice was like, well, it's supposed to be. I'm like, yeah, but I'm apologizing because I might actually be finding it funnier than everyone else like (laughs) i'm laughing that hard over here (laughs) yeah which is so great because you know there's those movies when you watch them and there's just something that it tick like it tickles you and then you just can't stop giggling and laughing at it i just think the performances and maybe because you are reading subtitles so when you read subtitles um i i anyway will pay more attention to the nonverbals and the actors without yeah, like I'll miss some of the words and I'll just be watching the action. Yes. yes and yes, yes. they were brilliant. They're, they were. Their facial reactions and all of the, there's so much clever. I think it's because it was clever. There's a lot of horror comedy out there and some of it's more slapstick and some of it is more like gore oriented gore and it, uh, things are falling off. Exploding of heads. Exploding heads. <laughs> and it, but this was written so, so intelligently Agree. Um, and the actors were brilliant and the comedic timing was brilliant. And then one thing starts exploding over here and then over here there's something like, I think what, <laughs> what, what I found so funny about it is there would be all these major like chaotic explosions, whether I mean that metaphorically or literally. And then in another corner of the screen, something very calm is happening. And that just the dichotomy of that was hysterical. And this is a feature debut, FYI. Oh my God, it was so funny. Uh, Lee Min Jai, I think is the way it's pronounced. It's his, um, feature debut or yeah, or her, who I don't know. I just, I recommend it to everyone. Yeah. (laughs) 
I really, I mean, I think people really liked it. It's sort of, it's, it's totally nuts. Like it's just nutty. It's totally nuts. It's totally nuts. Um, I totally agree with the performances being really nuanced. Um, I think it's actually pretty slick as far as comedies, horrors go, because like you said, I think the plot is pushes it along and it just, um, and I think it's a very good offering to the like Shaun of the dead world of zombie, yeah. zombie, zombie comedies, zombies, zombies. Exactly. I, I made almost, up a word. I kind of made up a word. <laughs> um, but yeah, over the last few months, I've actually mentioned a couple of zombie comedies and it's like a subgenre that I really enjoy. And mm-hmm. so when I read about it, I was like, Oh, we got to see what this is. And then I actually saw that it had um, like high marks. And I just thought, Oh, and I just love Korean comedy horror. and so good. Horror in general. So, yeah. yeah, we really enjoyed it. So we obvious, it's fun. It's funny. I think there was a little bit of poignancy to it, but mostly just quirky and ingenious and hilarious. Mm-hmm. So yay, mm-hmm. yay. So we watched uh, the movie The Power 2021, an hour and a half long strict horror from the UK. So it's 1973 and a young nurse is forced to work the night shift in a crumbling hospital as striking miners switch off the power across Britain. But inside the walls lurks a terrifying presence that threatens to consume her and everyone around her. So possession, you know, ghosty, whatever. So if you're like in that sort of Rose Williams is in it. Mm hmm. People will be familiar with her. Um, we watched this first and then Zombie After, which I thought was a good mm-hmm. good way to program it because it's like this was more spooky, scary. What'd you think? I think it definitely made up for itself at the end. Okay, yeah. So slow start. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think other people were liking it more maybe than you when we were watching. Yeah, it was. But- a, I mean, I think we, we had this conversation on the Discord where some people really love possession horror and some people are, you know, for me, I like it if it's, done really well it has to be good um it has to be good yeah you know just like for example i can watch vampire movies even if they're shit yeah so i can watch possession right like we are we are different in that way like this is a subgenre that like if i if you just give me a spooky atmosphere for an hour and a half i'll forgive a lot um but i know that for you it needs to be more so i think um the beginning moved a little slow for me Um, it took me a while to really care about they often do characters and what was going on. But I thought the premise was for, because this has been done so many times, I thought the premise was clever. And as the movie progressed and it a little bit more meat, you know, in character development and stuff. And by the end, I think the end was great. Yeah. I thought they stuck the ending, which is, um, I mean, if you watch a lot of this kind of atmospheric possession, type of movie what you'll see over and over again just like like if you were to talk about a vampire movie or something like the things that you see over and over again this particular subgenre it's a slow burn Mm -hmm. it's always slow it's you're always wanting more to happen in the first half um if it succeeds it's you're creeped out because of the creepy atmosphere and then what's really important in the subgenre is to stick the ending because yeah. a lot of times what, what happens is you go through all that and you're really in that mm-hmm. meat, that sauce of like spooky atmosphere, and then they don't stick the ending. Mm-hmm. And then you can't really, re- you still enjoyed the journey because you like that atmosphere, mm-hmm. but you can't really recommend the movie because they didn't stick the ending, but this one definitely stuck the ending. Agreed. Yeah, fair. Um, I think some of the jump scares were pretty ambitious, um, but I, but I, I don't know. I enjoyed it. All right. So what else did you watch? I watched a movie called 
Um, I watched some really messed up, like female revenge torture oh, kind no. of stuff. Some exploitation not, horror. Not uh, not intentionally, okay. but a lot of these movies were like these women just kind of take it back it and just, just shove it. To, it just happened to be what you picked. <laughs> this one was really, it was borderline. I mean, it was incredibly disturbing intentionally, but I enjoyed it. It's a movie called The Woman. It actually came out in 2011. It's when a successful country lawyer captures and attempts to civilize, quote unquote, the last remaining member of a violent clan that has roamed the Northeast coast for decades. He puts the lives of his family in jeopardy. So clearly this man is a complete sociopath and he captures this, you know, there's so many metaphors in this movie about he captures this wild woman, right? And he puts her in, um, you know, she's essentially, she's feral, if oh, you will. Sure. Okay. Um, she just looks like a savage. She, so the first thing he does is he kind of puts her in shackles in the shed and says to the family, this is our project. Right. And as the movie, uh, continues, you start to see how the mother and the daughter in many ways have also been treated like this woman and condition. And there's a point where the son, he's about 15, maybe, um, he, he ends up, the mom walks into the shed and realizes that the son has been like fondling her and using her for sexual gratification. And the dad's response to that is, come on, boys will be boys. And this is following a scene where he has raped her in the shed. Sure. Um, so a lot of this, you know, this messaging is going on. Needless to say, um, she fights back mm. in a very, 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 I mean, the movie's in it's not for the faint of heart. Like it's very gory. It's very, but she gets her revenge. Yeah. Um, so but it's satisfying in that way in some ways, but then you watch the, the disintegration of the wife who knows that he's getting up in the middle of the night to go, to yep. go fuck her yep. um, and use her. And um, it, it's, it's just, it's a really powerful film. And uh, they, they have, a, I think two daughters and one of them catches, one of them is very young and is like trying to befriend this woman. Um, and I won't tell you how it ends, but just kind of goes to show just how some things are born and some things are, I mean, some things are innate and some things are through nurture mm -hmm. of how this little girl sort of reacts to her. But I think it's really well done. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's pr a pretty brutal film. Yeah. It sounds like the revenge subgenre, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. female revenge is a whole thing in horror. And it sounds like, and I, I think a few weeks ago I talked about one of those. It's a, it's one of the ones. Yeah. Um, I watched, I also watched, um, so Train to Busan is a great film, uh, in the zombie world and it's, uh, sequel just came out. And so I, in order to prepare to watch the sequel, I wanted to revisit the first one. Mm -hmm. So Train to Busan is, uh, 2016, couple hours long action horror thriller south korea uh, while a zombie virus breaks out in south korea passengers struggle to survive on the train from seoul to busan and here's what i will i watched this with friends and <laughs> it was fun it was really fun to revisit it and I think there was a couple of people in the group that hadn't really seen it or didn't really remember it. And the comments were like, this movie's crazy. Cause, mm -hmm. it, cause what happens is, is the zombies sort of happen. It's, it's an apoc apoc zombie apocalypse, you know, type of flick. Mm -hmm. And so 
But the thing about it is that zombies pretty much happen really quickly. You know, they, um, <laughs> the apocalypse is apparent very quickly and then it's legitimately nonstop. Like if you're not ready to get on the quote unquote train, I love that that's, it's on a train, but it's also called train and you feel like you're on a train and you, you can't get off. Mm -hmm. So that it's just like, that's a wonderful sort of sure. uh, multi-level, multi-leveled metaphor for me. Yeah. So we watched in the discord with um, freckles and pepper and snake and ice, and they were all really commenting on like the nonstop pace of it. And and also that can be kind of rough <laughs> if you're not ready for it. Mm -hmm. So that would be my, what I would say is, you know, definitely one of my favorite Korean horror films. Um, it's a few years old now, five years old, I guess, but it was great to revisit. So then I watched uh, Train to Busan uh, Peninsula or just Peninsula, however people are referring to it. And so that's a 2020 film, a couple hours long, action horror thriller, same type of deal. A zombie virus has in the last four years spread to all of South Korea. Four Koreans um, in Hong Kong sail through the blockade to Incheon uh, for $20 million US on a truck. And I probably didn't pronounce that right. So my apologies. I gave it a shot though. <laughs> um, so then watch the sequel. The sequel was a, a different kind of movie. Not altogether different. It's the same world, same zombie rules, etc. But it very much, it was not like nonstop crazy time. Right. It was certainly a little bit of that. There was more depth to character, although I didn't have a problem with the depth from the first one, but there was definitely more character driven stuff going on mm -hmm. and then more of maybe like an emotional pull, Okay, you know, at the end, but still a good movie. I thought a good twofer. I don't know if they're going to go for a trilogy. I could see that happening. That happens a lot in like all of cinema, but definitely in um, Korean horror. So I would recommend both of them. I've heard of the first one. I didn't know they did a sequel. It just came out. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, 2020, but like it just arrived sure. on streaming really recently. And I know that most of us, that's where we see our movies now. So yep. if it came out in 2020, we don't know about it till it came to our <laughs> streaming service. I don't know about it. I just don't know. So anyway, what else did you watch? Um, I watched a series called um, Monster Monsters Among Us. I'm actually still in the middle of it. I've seen that. Yeah. I mean, a little bit of it. Um, some of it's good. I think what I find to be really interesting, and most, most of this um, season is about vampires, and they just go into a lot of depth. I had it pulled up, and then I just closed it out. They go into a lot of depth, not only about... Um, vampires and the origin like the first episode goes into a lot of the origins historical origins it'll talk about vlad the impaler it'll talk about all the different influences um that created the hollywood vampire but then in the second episode it starts to go into which i thought was for me more fascinating just because most of us that love vampires already know the historical stuff it goes into how bella lugosi uh i'm sorry how bram stoker sued uh, the set of Nosferatu and and sort of taking his idea. And so it goes into how all the different Hollywood films were created and all the, po the politics around it and really how um, 
Bram Stoker was the, you know, he's the OG and he created this whole thing and how many uh, films have been made based off of his conceptualization of the vampire. And it's just, it's just kind of a cool... So it's a series, but this was an episode. Or... Yeah, this, this was a specific episode, gotcha. but in every episode has a different, uh, you know, yep. whatever about. So if you like vampires, the first episode's okay. It's just a little slow. Um, but then it goes, it, I think it gets better. It, I don't know how old it is. I think it's, it just hit, uh, you said you've seen it. Yeah, I feel like I did, but maybe, I mean, what you're describing doesn't actually sound what, like what I thought it was. Yeah, it is, <laughs> it is older. It's just a streaming right now. I think I saw it on Prime or Shutter, but it's on Tubi. It's on a bunch of different things. Yeah, I just feel like I've seen some of it, but I did not see a vampire episode. But I think so. they do, yeah, they do different, so the series do different monsters yeah. and this one is for vampires. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. if you like vampires, and I, I love it. vampires. So hopefully, yeah. um, I wanted to just share, this is the last movie I'll share before we talk about, uh, the book discussion. Um, I watched, I, or I should say I gave it my best shot to watch a movie called Raptor Island oh, from Christ. 2004. I really tried. Oh yeah, I have one too. After this, okay, that I good. tried and then the didn't. tried and mm -hmm, failed. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is the tried and failed section of the show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, those who know me will know that I don't give up easily. You don't. I mean, you commit to shit. Yeah, and I'm actually a little surprised with myself that I didn't like wake up the next morning and watch it in the morning, like while I was getting ready for work. Because sometimes that is how I will be my, a completionist. <laughs> yeah, but no. No. I just, I called it a, a win to not revisit. Okay. Like I just let it go. All right. Uh, mostly because it was so fucking mad. Um, okay. So Raptor Island, 2004, uh, 90 minutes, action, adventure, horror. Um, yeah. Writer, director, definitely independent. Starring Lorenzo Lamas, mm. ladies and gentlemen. So that was your first issue. You can end right there. Yep. They are fast, cunning, and are supposed to have been extinct for over one million, 100 million years. Most of all, they are hungry. Doesn't sound so bad, right? Sounds like, okay, we're going to get some. Sounds like Elon Musk's Jurassic Park. <laughs> I thought that was a little on the nose. We didn't plan that. but um, <laughs> So here's the thing. When you watch this movie... You don't understand because there's a couple of actors that you recognize in it from like, like actors that aren't super famous anymore, but like needed a job type of thing. But you recognize a few of the people. So yeah. you're like, it's called Raptor Island. Yes, it is. And, you know, Lorenzo Lamas, et cetera, 2004. So, you know, those aughts, oh, yes. those yeah. aught years are, are, you know, <laughs> always a little bit of a gamble. It was an interesting decade for horror. And what happened is the acting horrendous, but you know, we watch a lot of trash, so that's fine. Like trashy horror. That's fine. It's great. Let's watch some trash. And a lot of times it's super fun. Mm -hmm. This was so bad because when what you could tell is that the dinosaur, they had a lot of dinosaur footage or shots of these dinosaurs and they looked like the old Atari game dinosaurs kind of like where they would kind of like, 
you know, jog into the frame and you can really tell they're actually not in that atmosphere. Like the, the old CGI? Of, you know, like the very, very, very old cheap CGI. Yeah. Like, and then when a raptor would die, it would just kind of like an old video game would just fall over. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. And then, but my favorite way that they would die is then sometimes they wouldn't just fall over, but they would explode. And what you would see is not like an explosion of an animal, but you would see the raptor there one minute and then a splat of blood on the ground the next. Okay. Well, I see why you couldn't finish it. Woo! It was bad. I'm telling you. And I really tried, like I thought, oh, this is going to be so bad. It's going to be fun. But no. No, no, because 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 they take themselves seriously. That's the problem. That this is the problem. Make trash, make um, Lamageddon or Zombievers or any of these yeah. like trashy, hilarious movies, mm-hmm. and it's hilarious. It doesn't right. take itself seriously. It's horrible, but it's you just can't you can't get enough. I mean, Lamageddon is like llamas that have red eyes that like laser beam explode you and right. and it's very low budget and it's awful and wonderful <clears throat> but raptor island no it had these actors these like has been actors that took it really seriously it's terrible yeah. it's terrifying all right so you uh go. on that note yes, this ma'am. is another one that tried to take itself seriously mm-hmm. from 1981 Mm-hmm. called the butcher baker nightmare maker oh yes yep and here's the the tagline for this film oh boy i have it here but to to give you a a, a little summary of this film before i find the tagline it's a a young boy who's living with his aunt after his parents died and she's very possessive over him so here it is billy's about to graduate but Aunt Cheryl wants him all to herself oh boy. in this twisted cult gem. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, 1981. So it had the flavor of Silent Night, Deadly Night to it. And so I was like, okay, it might be kind of a fun slasher. Yeah. I mean, 81, you know, what do you expect, right? The take-home message of this film is incest is okay, but homosexuality is a sickness. I think I counted, and I I stopped. (laughs) I think they called him a fag more than 20 times Mm -hmm. in this film. And it's like, it's so interesting to go watch these back and watch these films. Because the early 80s, that word was used all the time. And just how, like, the the relationship with his aunt is so flipping bizarre. But then you have, like, this whole... This is worse. Like if he was a fag, that would be worse. It's so I stopped it for a number of reasons. One, it took itself way too seriously, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, that'll give you a little sprinkle. (laughs) Billy's about to graduate, but Aunt Cheryl wants him all to herself in this twisted cult gem. Well, that was in the days when sexually assaulting a male teenager was apparently, you know, okay. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, as long as you liked women. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Wow. Jesus cult Christ. Gem. Yeah, cult gem, 1980. My ass, cult gem, my ass. All right, so let's talk about Horror Store for a minute. So maybe there's a few of you that when I told you guys that we were going to read that and talk about this book, uh, maybe you went out and read it. Now, we're not, we're not going to spoil it. 
so it's okay. You can keep listening. So Horror Store is, uh, <sighs> well, it's like a rip on the Horror Store like at Ikea. Mm-hmm. So the mazes in an Ikea, <laughs> mm-hmm. if you're familiar with that, is part of the character. Like the store is a big part of the character. It's written by Grady Hendrix. I believe it was his first novel. So Horror Store is uh, something strange is happening at the Orsk Furniture Superstore in Cleveland, Ohio. Every morning, employees arrive to find broken bookshelves, shattered water goblets, and smashed wardrobes. Sales are down, security cameras reveal nothing, and the store managers are panicking. Um, To unravel the mystery, three employees volunteer to work a nine-hour dusk-till-dawn shift in the dead of night. They'll patrol the empty showroom floor, investigate strange sights and sounds, and encounter horrors that defy the imagination. So one thing I'll just quickly mention first is that I'm looking at it right now, and the aesthetics of this book are very pleasing. So for Mm -hmm. all of you who love to read books like we do, one of the things you think of when you pick up a book in the bookstore, and publishers know this, is the aesthetics of it, Mm -hmm. right? So it's it's good-sized that you, when you flip through it, you can see there's pictures, you can see it's uh, spaced really well. And there's a a picture on the front that very much looks like an Ikea uh, catalog, right? Mm -hmm. So aesthetically, it's very charming and engaging. I'll say that. Um, What we did is we watched it with our patrons. And then just before we recorded this episode, actually, we went on live with a handful of our patrons who are reading along with the book and we had a live voice chat where uh, we discussed just the overarching uh, parts of the book. We, um, I engage in a discussion weekly with them on Sunday nights, but this was like the voice chat for us all just to talk about the book. And then I harassed Kathy with trivia. You did. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you, what do you want to say about this? Uh, book? I mean, I, th- uh, without giving anything away, I thought mm-hmm. um, the visuals and the descriptions really pulled you in. Very cinematic. Very cinematic. Uh, the, there are several torture devices that are used throughout the, the book that uh, really make you sweat. And again, pull that discomfort from you. Um, I certainly felt it. I read it on a plane and so I was already uncomfortable and kind of in this seat and just, um, <laughs> you were trapped. <laughs> so like reading it and it being kind of warm and whatever it kind of, it, it, it was just like, Oh yeah, God, yeah. I, it amplified your it experience. Totally amplified it. And then, um, I would say the, you know, the momentum of the story was good. So I felt like it, there weren't any parts where you're going, okay, Let's what's go. happening? So it was, it, it moved well. Yeah, and I, I would say that's cinematic as well. If you look into this author, he's got that experience. So cinema, good cinema, let's put it that way, which we talk about a lot, clips things along. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it cuts out the excess. You want to clip it along. Like less is more, mm-hmm. that whole idea in a story. And he is certainly an efficient writer. Um, I think that his... I had never read any of his books before. I'm actually reading another one of his now, his books now. Um, very straightforward language, clips it along, not a lot of excess. Uh, starts one way, ends another. It is comedy horror, so you get a lot of the like character development and comedy and all of that in the first half, and then you take a big old left turn and go down a horror mm-hmm. slope that I felt was satisfying. 
Yeah, I thought it, it was satisfying. Like the horror part. I didn't know if the horror parts would deliver. Yeah, they, and they definitely they did. did. So Yeah. And then I harassed you with trivia or you, you did. know, you're not harassed, but you did. I got it. I got like two out of six right. Yeah. So I just asked her six questions from '80s horror that I actually pulled from uh, a horror trivia game that you gave me for Christmas. And uh, so Kathy got two out of six, and then we had uh, three patrons on there uh, whose names you've heard before, probably uh, Ice Pepper and Blue and Ice. My God, he's like he knows everything made in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was one question. He's like, well, I know this because it's a Canadian movie, but then he knew like four other questions too. Yeah. So I don't know. I think um, some people are, you know, as you guys know, I sort of suck at trivia. <laughs> it seems like Ice is good at trivia. <laughs> yeah. Like he can pull out those yeah. those details. But, you know, Pepper got one and Blue got one as well. Yep. And also the way we did it was that like I put the question to Kathy and then if she couldn't get it, we put it out to everybody else. So they might've also gotten the ones that you got. Yeah, that's very true. But uh, it was a lot of fun. I threw that in there just cause I thought that would be amusing after our discussion. And now uh, for those of you who would like to continue on in the book uh, club and just following along with books. And also like if any of you read horror store, even in the past, or if you read along with us, like please reach out and let us know because I would be happy to talk about your impressions um, the next time we record or share them with our community. The next book we are going to read is called My Lovely Wife by Samantha Downing. And what, what I do in the Discord is I split it up usually into about five or six weeks, just depending, depending on the chapters. And we chat every Sunday night. And then, um, you know, when we're done, we'll do a live voice chat. But so this one is a little bit different. It is, uh, let's see, more of a, like it's described as Dexter, but sexier type mm -hmm. of thing. So it's definitely more true crime-ish, I guess. It's, so this is the logline or the description, sorry. Our love story is simple. I met a gorgeous woman. We fell in love. We had kids. We moved to the suburbs. We told each other, biggest dream told each other our biggest dreams and darkest secrets. And then we got bored. We look like a normal couple where your neighbors, the parents of your kids, friends, the acquaintances you keep meaning to get dinner with. We all have our secrets to keeping our marriage alive. Ours just happens to be getting away with murder. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, it'll be good. So that's what we're going to read. So if you guys want to, um, read that too, follow along, join the discord, whatever, which means, uh, be a patron for, you know, five bucks a month or whatever, uh, join us. And then in about six weeks or so, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll do it. Do it. All right. Cool. Thank you so much for listening to shrink chat. This is Shannon and I'm Kathy sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of shrink chat. Please check us out on our Patreon page, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to engage with you as part of our community. Please take a moment to leave us a comment on any of our social media. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, sleep safe.